بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والنجم إذا هوى ما ضل صاحبكم وما نستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال الله تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على حبيبك ونبيك سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ونبينا محمد وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم آته الوسيلة والفضيلة وبعثه مقاما محمودا الذي وعدته واجزه عنا أفضل ما جازيت نبيا عن قومه ورسولا عن أمته وصل على جميع إخوانه من النبيين والصالحين يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد Continuing with a day in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or we may call it a day in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We were talking about the morning time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from after Salatul Fajr in the masjid and then after Ishraq going for breakfast, coming back, starting his classes. During this time, people would come to talk to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, bring their children to Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for making dua, for barakah, for tahneek. Somewhere around midday, which means halfway between Ishraq and Salatul Dhuhr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would finish that class. 
So we can say approximately somewhere around 10.30, this thing is finishing, the class would finish. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to go out for a tour. Where would he go at this time? Sometime he would go to the marketplace to see how things are working there. Remember his Amir. And he has to make sure that everything is in order. He is even setting the distance between the stores. Someone has, there is a row of store and people want to build another row in front of it. He will tell them the distance between them, between the two stores that face, that are facing each other. In addition to teaching them all the masail of buying and selling. During this time, he would also visit the sick people. Because in Salatul Fajr, he would know who are the people that are not doing well. They were not there for the Salah. And if he wasn't there for Salah, then for sure he didn't go to work. So I can visit him during the daytime. Very important lesson for us. That if you are not there for Salatul Fajr, that means you didn't go to work today. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would visit them. Just like Umar radiallahu anhu once. He saw that a person was missing and he asked, he said, this person was very punctual for coming for Jama'ah. Today we don't see him. We don't know Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. Oh, he must be sick then. So in the morning, as Umar radiallahu anhu used to follow the same sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went out for a tour and he went to the marketplace. And after that, as he left the marketplace, he went and knocked at the door of that person who was missing. And someone asked who is at the door and he said, Umar. He recognized the voice that this is Umar, this is Amir al-Mu'mineen at my door. So he rushed to the door. As he opened the door, Umar radiallahu anhu said, MashaAllah, how are you doing brother? He said, I'm doing well, alhamdulillah, I'm okay. He said, we missed you in Salat al-Fajr today. He said, yes, I wasn't doing too well. Umar radiallahu anhu says, but you answered the door for me. He said, yeah, you know, that's, that wasn't so difficult. Umar radiallahu anhu says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls you from the heavens to his house, you don't answer the call of Allah when Umar knocks at your door, you answer the call of Umar. If you can answer the call of Umar, you should be able to answer the call of Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala also. I think I'll stop that topic at this point. We got enough of this lesson. Hopefully may Allah benefit us from these lessons. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to visit the sick people. At the same time, people used to request Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go to their home and perform few raka'a salah in their home. And that was for the purpose of designating an area in the house to be the musalla of the house. And we find many hadiths to this effect. That Ya Rasulullah, please come and perform salah at my home so that I can choose that area to be the musalla of the house. So Prophet ﷺ during this time used to go there 
and perform few rakahs over there for barakah. And then they used to designate that area as the musalla of the house. And this is also very important lesson for us that there should be an area in our homes that we will consider it the musalla of the home. That every person that wants to pray, that we know that this area is clean and ready for our salah. Musalla is already there. Our Quran is there. The books of du'as, whatever else we are using, it's all there. So as you enter into that area, you feel like you are in the mood of ibadah now. Just like when we come to the masjid and you want to perform tahiyyatul masjid, anyone should say Quran, you want to do some adhkar. So there has to be some area in the house that will give us the same type of effect and same type of create the same environment in our homes. And many of us may remember. Next generation may not be able to say what I'm saying right now. These type of statements may end with our generation. And that is, we may remember going home and finding grandma sitting on that musalla. In that area that we know is designated as the musalla of the house. This is where normally you would find your grandfather or grandmother. Who have retired. Now they sit there, do the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the next generation may find them sitting in front of the TV. And find their parents sitting with their phones. That musalla is gone. That concept is gone. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Bani Israel that make sure that you build your homes towards the Qibla. qibla. We build our masajid the Qibla, build your home towards the Qibla so you can pray. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised us, encouraged us to have an area as a musalla in the house. So whenever we are home, we want to pray some nawafil. That area is there right away, walk over there, perform few rakah salam. So, they used to call Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to perform few rakahs over there for barakah. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go home and perform salatul duha. We talked about it earlier. There were two times when he would normally perform this duha. Early morning, later on in the day. This is the later time of the day now. He would go home perform four, six, or eight, or eight rakats. And then if he wasn't fasting, he would have his lunch. After that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would do qaylula, which means have some rest. Just guesstimating it, approximately half an hour type of rest. And then he would get up. Before zawal, he would perform four rakats. As he's done with the nafil and waiting for the zawal, adhan will be called. After adhan, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would perform four more rak'ahs before zuhr. He used to encourage us a lot, encourage the ummah a lot on these rak'ahs. The four before zawal and the four after zawal, which we know it as the sunnahs of zuhr. There are many hadiths in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged us to this. The hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, Umm al-Mu'mineen, Aisha al-Siddiqa radiyallahu anha says, Anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana la yada'u arba'an qabla al-dhuhri wa raka'atayni qabla al-ghada. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would never miss 
كان لا يدع he would never miss four rak'ahs before dhuhr and two rak'ahs before fajr these were the sunnahs that he were very much consistent on it that he would make sure he would always perform them in other hadith which is in musnad ahmad narrated on the authority of sayyidna abu ayyub al-ansari radiyallahu anhu who says that i noticed he is the host of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so he said adamana rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ala arba'a raka'at inda zawal ash-shams i saw i noticed rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was very consistent on doing four raka'at at the time of zawal which means before zawal so i asked him ya rasulullah ما هذه الركعات التي أراك قد أدمنتها؟ إدمان is when you are always in the habit of it. يا رسول الله، I see you that being very very consistent on doing these four rakats. What is the reason behind it, يا رسول الله؟ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said إن أبواب السماء تفتح عند زوال الشمس فلا ترتج حتى يصلى الظهر. The doors of heavens are open at the time of Zuhr and they are not closed until Salat al-Zuhr is performed. And I would like that during the time I send some good deeds through those doors of the heavens. You know what this good, good deed going through the doors of the heavens means? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about certain people in Quran, he says when they die, فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ The heaven didn't cry on them, the earth didn't cry on them. Which means they didn't miss them. Because the earth was not witnessing any regular ibadah from these people, the heaven was not witnessing good deeds going through the doors of it regularly. So for those who are very punctual on doing these type of ibadat, a'malu salihah. When they die, the earth cries and the heaven cries. Imagine when not just human beings are doing your janazah and crying for you and making dua for you, the heaven and the earth will intercede on your behalf that he used to send good deeds through me, he used to perform good deeds on me. The earth will speak on that deed. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I like to keep on sending my good deeds at that time, at the time of Zawal. So we see four raka'ahs before Zawal, four raka'ahs after Zawal, and then he's performing Salat al-Dhuhr. After Salat al-Dhuhr, after he would lead Salat al-Dhuhr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will perform generally four more raka'ahs. But this is in two and two. Anyway, the hadith of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu anhu, he says that I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, تَقْرَأُ فِيهِنَّ كُلَّهُنْ Ya Rasulullah, do you recite Qur'an in all four rak'ahs? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, نعم. I said, فَفِيهَا سَلَامٌ فَاصِلٌ Is there any salam between the two rak'ahs? He said, لا, there is no salam. So this is the four before zuhr and then four after zuhr. Or four before Zawal and four after Zawal. Then after Salat al-Dhuhr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to perform, used to go home, perform two rak'ahs sunnah, and then most of the time he would perform two more rak'ahs, and he encouraged us to perform these two rak'ahs as the hadith in Sunan Abu Dawood, Nasai, Tirmizi, Ibn Majah, Musnad Ahmad, and many other 
books of hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Man hafad ala arba'in raka'atin qabla al-dhuhr wa arba'in ba'daha A person who would be consistent in his life doing four raka'as before dhuhr, four raka'as after dhuhr Harramahu Allahu ala al-nar Allah will make him haram on hellfire So that period of time we can see is very very important Another hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the salawat that are nawafil that are performed at the time of zawal at this time, they are similar to qiyamul layl. The reward is similar to qiyamul layl, salat al tahajjud. So that time is a very, very important time for nawafil. After that, Rasulullah would come out to the masjid and he used to sit in the masjid, teach the sahaba. So we can say now, this is the second session of the day. The first session, started after the breakfast and breakfast was after uh, after salat al-duha so now this uh, he, he would have that first session that would end about 10 30 so about we can say about two and a half hours of first session now this will be the second session of teaching and classes that will start after salat al-duhar and will go all the way up to salat al-asr he used to stay in the masjid most of the time he would stay throughout the time from dhuhr to asr and this is what he's doing, the same thing that we talked about that he would be doing in the morning. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after the adhan of asr, he would perform four rak'ahs, and he used to even encourage us to do this, as the hadith says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Rahimallahu imra'an salla qabla al-asri arba'an. May Allah have mercy on a person. May Allah have rahmah on a person who would perform four rak'ahs before Salat al-Asr. You know what this dua is all about? It's a great opportunity for us to get the dua of rahmah from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He made the dua of rahmah for any person who would perform four rak'ahs before Salat al-Asr. If we want to achieve the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he would make dua for you specifically, may Allah have rahmah on you, may Allah have mercy on you. How important is that dua? You know when we sneeze, what do we say? Alhamdulillah. The person who hears you, in response to the person who said Alhamdulillah, what is it that we say? Yarhamdullah. May Allah have mercy on you. When the Yahud realized at the time of Rasulullah wasallam, when they realized that this is what dua they make for a person who would say Alhamdulillah after sneezing, they used to come to the gathering of Rasulullah and intentionally would sneeze and say Alhamdulillah, hoping Rasulullah will say Allah to them that may Allah have mercy on you. So that they will say, I got the dua of Rahmah from the Prophet of Allah. Although they are not believers. This is how important this dua is. To get the dua of Rahmah. And of course, we are the Ummah. And he's making a special dua for us. Rahimallahu Imran salla qabla al-asri arba'in. After this, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to sit for a short period of time in the masjid, doing his adhkar and everything. Then, then he would go home and visit his families. And he used to visit all of them at that time between Asr and Maghrib. He spent few minutes in every house. And then by Salatul Maghrib, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is back in the masjid. Insha'Allah, 
in our next sessions. We'll talk about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's schedule from Salatul Maghrib till mo next morning. As we started from the morning earlier, so inshallah, this is what we will try to cover in our next session. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to follow this beautiful schedule that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has given us. And be able to benefit from this life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Mawla ya salli wa sallim